Last Sunday afternoon, I baptised a new member of the church, baby Charles, aged five months. I baptised him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus commanded all those years ago. Every Christian baptism is done in the name of God, the Holy Trinity, because this is our Christian faith in whom we believe, whom we believe God to be. Our God does not come in mono or even in stereo. God is with us in all the dimensions of life. Belief in the Trinity tells us God is not one-sided. God is not a closed, singular object. God is not an object at all. There are relations of love within God between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. There is a constant relationship of love within God which overflows to connect with our world and to embrace our world. As Christians, we trust the God who is Holy Trinity, and it's vital that we do. God is not a single, undifferentiated substance or being. When we speak of God the Holy Trinity, we are acknowledging this mystery of love for us who has entered the world in the reality of history, and the experiences of people and their communities, who lived a human life in the man Jesus, who lives in us now by the person of the Holy Spirit. Trinity Sunday isn't really a time to get befuddled with explanations of how God can be three and one at the same time. I can't explain it, and I doubt whether if anyone can, though some have tried. A full explanation of God is impossible and certainly beyond our imaginings and our words. But as Christians, we have this truth we have come to know about God. God is Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This is a God we can relate to because God relates to us, creating us as the Father of all, coming to us, restoring and healing us through Jesus Christ the Son, strengthening, renewing and inspiring us by the Holy Spirit poured into our hearts. And it's, I believe because God is a loving community of Father, Son and Holy Spirit that God can really connect with our lives and our world. It means we may embrace with confidence the diversity and the change we meet in our lives and see in the world. Relationships which are loving and equal and communicative can face change and challenge. Communities in which everyone has an equality of inclusion and respect are resilient and sustainable, always generating new ways of meeting the future. We have faith in a God who is a loving community in God's own self. And so this provides for us not only an example, but an actual living power enabling us to meet together the changes and the challenges we face. There cannot be healthy and life-enhancing relationships between people or within communities when one person or group seeks to objectify the others, exercising control, denying them true participation or agency within the relationship or the community. God as Trinity shows us the divinely ordained truth about love. There is no hierarchy within God, 
Father, Son and Holy Spirit are equally divine. That equality is sustained by self-giving love for one another. In the early Christian period, the 4th and 5th century particularly, there were big battles politically about God, which sometimes descended into literal battles between groups of people fighting each other. These arguments were in order to defend this truth, that the persons of the Godhead were all equally divine, that Jesus was not a created being less than God, but that as John's Gospel proclaims, he was in the beginning with God, and he was God, and he became flesh and lived among us. Why was this important? Well, certain emperors and other rulers were content to support the idea that there was hierarchy within God because it gave legitimacy to their desire to exercise power and control over their subjects with no consent or restraint. If there was command and control as the normal order of things in God's kingdom in heaven, then so could it be on earth. Why did Jesus command the disciples to baptise in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? I believe it was so that when we are welcoming each new believer into the community of Christ, into the church, we are reminded of the character of this community, which is called to reflect the divine community. We are to be a community in which relationships are loving and equal and communicative. Each person is valued and each has a freedom to be, to be who they are and to offer their gifts. St. Paul talked about this in terms of the body of Christ, with every member respected and valued. In our Gospel reading this morning, Jesus urged his disciples to go and baptise new disciples in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and also to teach them to obey everything he had commanded them. What had he commanded them? Certainly in Matthew's Gospel, a golden thread running through the teaching of Jesus is his call to be in a right relationship with God and with one another. Not to exalt ourselves above others, not to judge, to forgive one another as God forgives us, and in short, to do to others as we would have them do to us. Matthew 7 verse 12. Jesus described this golden rule of life as the law and the prophets. So it's a good candidate for a summary of what he had commanded his disciples. It's a rule about how to treat others, about fairness and respect in relationships and in community life. And I see a link here between this characteristic of the Christian community and the community of the Holy Trinity. In this, respect for the diversity and difference is the key to unity and resilience. As Christians, we see this way of life, which Christ calls us to follow, as applying not only to the way we treat those within the circle of the baptised, but also to how we relate to all people and the wider world, including the natural world too. This year, it's a matter of timing, that World Environment Day, which is tomorrow, falls again, as it often does, close to Trinity Sunday. It's an important international day of celebration and remembering 
for the whole global community in many different faith and cultural communities who share one home in common, the earth, which sustains our lives. So this Sunday is observed in many churches as Environment Sunday, as Colin mentioned. We too have noted it in our worship today. Here the reading from the prophet Isaiah we heard is salutary. The prophet is warning the people that God is not to be treated as an object of their convenience. They were questioning why their prayers to God were not being answered as they wanted them to be, and so questioning whether God really was God after all. The prophet points to the immensity and glory of the natural world, which shows how God who created it is utterly creative and reliable, can be relied upon by us, and God is the one we must rely upon for renewal. Peaceful and just relationships between people and groups of people also go hand in hand with a balanced relationship with nature. So much of our destruction of the natural world and our failure to heal and restore it has related to exploitation and domination of one group of people by another. There is the blatant violence of genocide, slavery and warfare, but also the subtle violence hiding behind the mantra of economic growth, of expropriation of land and livelihoods, burdening with debt, forcing people, because they are given no other choice, into ways of life and economic activities which pollute and destroy the natural environment upon which ultimately all our lives depend, plundering for private gain what is common and should be available to all for the living of decent and free lives. The Christian vision of life gifted to us out of love by God, the generous Holy Trinity, is that we are not condemned to just accept this lack of harmony with nature or with one another. We have the hope and the call to realise equal, loving and just relationships with nature, with one another and with God, the Holy Trinity, the God who lives in community who is love. Amen.